0: You are listening to The Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. Good. Well, I have been excited for today for about two years, believe it or not. For two years, I've had this idea, and I've shared it with my friends, my pastor friends in town, that what if in the month of July, some one of these years, what if we preached a sermon series together where each of us prepared one message and we shared it in each other's churches and we rotated and it was a, a part of something bigger than just one church. And I, what it did, what it would do, it, the idea would give each of the pastors a study break, a, a break to be able to Think beyond the summer and the normal grind of, of messages, and think about the fall, or think about the uh, what's next for the church. It's interesting. A verse came to mind this week as I was thinking about that, as this was all coming together. And I'll explain what we're going to do. Um, it says in Proverbs chapter thirty, verse twenty-five. It says, "Ants are creatures of little strength. You could put pastors are creatures of little strength. <laughs> Yet." They store up their food in the summer. And what the idea is that for each of us that are participating, we would be able to prepare one time and then be able to share that message multiple times. And it would give us a break throughout the week to be able to think about the fall and say, and to kind of store up some food for what's coming next as the church. And I know I'm taking some liberty with that verse. I know that verse doesn't mean that, but you tracking with me? (laughs) And so what we've done, we've ta- I talked about this last summer, and it didn't come together. But this spring, I shared this with my John 17 group, and I said, "Hey, could we do this?" And everybody said yes. And one ended up backing out, and uh, uh, but that, and we'll explain that uh, next week. But uh, but what we're doing is we're created a sermon series. We're calling it the United Summer Series, Lessons from Jesus. And where we're going to kind of focus on unity of the churches. We're going to love each other well. We're going to respect one another. And we believe it is going to be a healthy representation of the body of Christ, the Big C Church. And it's going to be awesome. And you're not going to want to miss it. In fact, I want to encourage you every week to be faithful and to help us live out our mission. And ultimately, we're going to advance the kingdom of God this summer. Amen? And so this series is really, we call it Lessons from Jesus, it's focusing on parables. And each of us are going to pick our favorite parable, and we're going to share a message around that. And you say, well, why parables? Well, who doesn't like a good story, right? Absolutely, and we wanted to be in a series. We knew that was going to be important. And what we also thought was important that each week would be a standalone message. So, like this week stands alone, and the topic that we're going to share in just a minute will kind of stand alone. And each week will be a different parable and a different point. And uh, for me, when I was able to pick what parable I wanted to do, it was a no-brainer. My mind went directly to the parable of the unmerciful servant, and I'll share that in a minute. And, but you say, well, why? Why was it that uh, that one? It's not because it was familiar, and I've actually preached out of that uh, section of Scripture before. It's because of the message that comes with the parable. How many know a parable is just a story? It's not a true story, but it's a story that it's intended to create a meaning or a purpose behind it. And that's exactly what happens in this parable of the unmerciful servant. It's foundational to our faith, the topic at hand. Some of us, or we will, uh, it's something that we must receive and then we must give it away And just when we think we got this topic that I'm about to share, when we think we got it figured out, something changes, something morphs, and we have to continually be learning around this topic. And the topic for the morning today is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. And as we pursue this, there's a promise of freedom. There's strong relationships that come when there's forgiveness. There's peace and joy, a clear conscience. And on the flip side, if we don't get a hold of forgiveness, if we wrestle with it for some way, there's a promise of pain and isolation and fear. There's this huge weight on our shoulders. And ultimately, according to Scripture, no eternal life if we don't understand and we provide forgiveness. Forgiveness really is a skill of a true disciple of Christ. In fact, uh, I was drawn to Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 in the Message Bible. It says, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. That's Jesus talking. It says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Everybody say freely, freely. And, lightly. and lightly. And when I think of freely and lightly, I go back to my hiking days, right? When I go out to, uh, for a hike and I've got a backpack on, the goal, especially when you do an overnight trip or you're on a, a through hiking, you want to take your backpack and make it as light as possible, At the end of the day, if you've got an 80-pound pack, you're going to feel that. But if you can make that pack 50 pounds or 40 or even 30 pounds, at the end of the day, your feet are happier, you're happier, and that's the truth with with forgiveness as well. In life, if you experience and give forgiveness, your life will seem lighter and it will lighten your load, and today is a day of freedom. I'm declaring it, and that you are going to walk out with a lighter load today to the glory of God, and I'm excited about that. Just imagine, if we walked through the doors today, this would be horrible, by the way, but if we walked through the doors, and all of a sudden, all of the baggage that we hold on to became visible. All the stuff, the stuff in the cellar of your souls, all the unforgiveness, all the secrets, all the anger, the, the sin, the affair, the abortion, the alcohol abuse, the pornography, if all these things were to come to light, that'd be horrible. you you say, what? You know, you'd never come back, right? If that was the case. But secretly, how many of us hold on to stuff unnecessarily. Again, today is a day we're going to lighten our loads and we're going to address this topic of forgiveness. And we we know that there's transformation, that there's revival that comes. Uh, You become a better witness. You become more desirable in your marriage and as a parent and in your work situation. And if you don't, uh, it cripples your life. And what's crazy is that unforgiveness, it cripples the body of Christ. And you say, well, why is that? It's because forgiveness is not easy. C.S. Lewis says, forgiveness is a lovely idea until you have something to forgive. And so we say, Lord, help us, right? Because the reality is if there's something today or not today, there will be something that we'll have to forgive. It's a skill of discipleship. And so I want to start by just looking, before we get to this parable, kind of lay groundwork for uh, the idea of forgiveness. And turn with me first to Mark chapter 11. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, it says this. It says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Amen? Verse 25, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone... Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins as well. In Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and 38, we see a similar idea. It says, do not judge or you will be judged. Do not condemn or you will be condemned. And then it says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And then the next verse really complements that. It says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. With the measure you use, so with the measure that you forgive, it will be measured back to you. You will receive forgiveness in return. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. One more verse here. This is the Lord's Prayer. It's interesting that in the Lord's Prayer... It's, many of you have memorized it. There's a section, one little section, verse 12, that says, And forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. What's great is that Jesus comes back to that idea after the prayer. It's the only thing that he clarifies. It's the only thing he comes back to. And let's look at it. Verse 14 it says, For if you forgive others, other people, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And I read that, and we read that, we understand that, and we understand that Jesus, he's explaining that if you are going to be a Christ follower, it is not an option to hold on to unforgiveness. You must learn to forgive. Now, let's get to our parable at hand, uh, Matthew 18. It's the parable of the unmerciful servant. And we'll start in verse 21, and I'll read it, and then we'll pray. Lord, well, no, let me read it, and then I'll pray. I was about to pray. (laughs) Verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king, and now here's the parable, who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As, they began, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At that, the servant fell on his knees and before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Everybody say, wow. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and they told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy On your fellow servant who, uh, just as I had had on you, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. And verse 35 is the reason for the parable. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister in your heart. Now let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for stories, for parables like this that challenge us deeply. And God, I pray that our hearts would be open, our spirits would be open, quick to hear. And then help us, Lord, to put this into action, that we would be just the people that forgive quickly. Lord, we thank you for this. And God, we give you the praise. We give you all the glory in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. See, there's a problem with unforgiveness isn't there see as i read this story and i went through the story there's some that are here and you don't have to raise your hand that are thinking oh this would be a great message for someone else <laughs> you're thinking about your spouse or you're thinking about uh, a neighbor or you're thinking about a coworker, or your kid And you're thinking, man, I'm going to get this uh, link, and I'm going to make sure that they get that, right? And the problem is, is when we think of forgiveness, we never think that we struggle with it all that much. But I want to give you some ideas of what unforgiveness looks like. And this is just to kind of stir the pot and to kind of bring you in and say, hey, This is for every single one of us. So where is unforgiveness seen? What does it look like? It looks like the negative response because you haven't forgiven somebody and you just blurt blurt out a negative response. It looks like bitterness or anger that is just below the surface. It looks like gossip or slander or some sort of hasty comment. It looks like rejection Revenge or withholding good from somebody just because, well, they hurt you. Am I tracking with anybody? Does this apply to anyone here? Any struggle? Well, I'll just keep going then, right? It looks like avoiding people to punish them. It looks like sarcasm or being verbally hostile. It looks like labeling a person or calling them names. It's a lack of mercy or compassion. It can show up in bigotry or racism or prejudice or, God forbid, even praying against people. Are you with me? And these things, and probably a hundred more, they affect us. They affect us personally, but it affects the body of Christ. And we need to be people where forgiveness is on the forefront. And you say, well, what is forgiveness? Well, I want to talk about it. And some of this is review from a couple years ago. I'll hit these four points quick, and then we'll get to the parable and look at that. But what is forgiveness? First of all, forgiveness is not condoning. This is important. The pain, the hurt, the things that were said were not okay. You don't have to pretend that it, no matter what it was, was not seriously wrong. You don't go around denying or minimizing either because forgiveness is not condoning. Number two, forgiveness is not the same as forgetting. We don't have to forget. In fact, sometimes we need to remember. If someone has lied to you a dozen times and then you're in conversation again or in business and they've lied before, You need to remember that you're dealing with someone that lies. If someone's cheated you in the same way, forgiveness is not the same as forgetting. Only God forgets. And I question, does he even forget? It says he takes it as far as the east is from the west. And I don't think he forgets. He just doesn't hold it against us. And we're thankful for that. Number three, forgiveness is not reconciliation. Now, reconciliation is always the best. Uh, Matt Biller, I mentioned you first service. Uh, give a little wave. He's our counselor in residence, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, he works at Winnie and Home. Uh, and we've talked about this that it's always best if you can reconcile. But there are times that things were once pure or holy uh, it, that may never go back to the way things were. You may never be able to be in the same room as someone. Or and sometimes you're just dealing with someone that's dangerous or someone that's toxic, and forgiveness is not reconciliation. It's not the same thing, and you need to remember. And then the last thing, for, uh, forgiveness is different from justice and consequences. Uh, I, you know, you can say, I may forgive, but they still need to pay. And you know, I was thinking about it. Uh, how many of us are parents in the room, right? You got some kids. Uh, how many of, us, of you are kids and that should be everybody, right? And uh, how many times, listen, the, the, the story that came to mind, and I'll just squeal on myself. I think I might have shared this before. When I was 16 years old, my friends and I, we thought it was a good idea to drive out to a theater that we didn't normally go to, and we snuck in to watch a movie. Now, does anyone want to know what movie? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, it must have been a rated R movie, right? If you're sneaking in, you might as well go to a rated R. We went to see. Free Willy. (laughs) I'm serious. And I'm like, oh my goodness. But somehow my mom found out, right? I think she was a snoop and uh, maybe read my sister's journal because my sister was with me. And, uh, but uh, she came to us a couple days later and said, hey, how was that movie? And uh, tell me, did you pay to get into that movie? Busted, right? Now I'm glad that my mom, she forgave me for that. She, she did, but she didn't say, oh, it's okay, I forgive you, and no consequence, right? <laughs> See, justice and consequences are still appropriate. I had to go back, me and my sister, my friends didn't, but we did, and we had to go pay, and not only that, we had to offer our services. They didn't take any, they didn't want us to work there, but we had to say, hey, is there anything we could do for you? Because forgiveness is different from justice and consequences. And so in life it might be a court order. It might be calling the authorities. It may be getting a restraining order, and, uh, and I don't know how that applies, but that's what forgiveness is about. So listen, uh, uh, what is forgiveness? Now turn with me to Matthew 18, because in Matthew 18, there's a progression of logic here. It's a classic New Testament text uh, that talks about Forgiveness, And we want to look at that in detail. We actually want to start before the parable of the unmerciful servant. In the beginning uh, of uh, the chapter in verse 15, we see that, number one, that forgiveness is personal. It's personal. It's with a person. It says, go to your brother or sister. When it says that, it's a fellow disciple. And so the idea is you cannot be mad at a business or at a church or at an organization. It's a person. And the encouragement is to go privately with dignity. Let's look at it. It says, if your brother or sister sins, go to them and point out their fault. Just between the two of you, and if they listen to you, you have won them over. And so forgiveness, first of all, is personal. Because if there's something that's done against you, you need to go to that person. Then the second thing that we see there is that it's a process. Look at it. It continues. There's some steps here. It says, if they don't listen, take one or two others along so that every matter is established by a testimony of two or three witnesses. If they, don't, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen to the, even to the church, treat them as if you would a pagan or a tax collector. And what we see there is that the forgiveness is a process. It takes some steps along the way. And when there's a deep pain, when there's hurt, when there's bitterness, the goal is always freedom, but we want to be moving in that direction. Amen? Amen. And, so, and then we get to the parable of the unmerciful servant where we see that forgiveness should be inexhaustible. So it's personal, it's a process, and it should be inexhaustible. In verse 21, we see Peter. Who is Peter? We've talked about him actually last week a a lot. Uh, He's the guy that walked on water. He was the first out of the boat. Uh, He was the one on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter would have known the Old Testament law that said an eye for an eye. He would have understood that. He would have understood the Jewish law about forgiveness that for three times you need to forgive somebody in certain offenses. And Peter is being generous when he comes to, to Jesus and says, To him, he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. He takes that three times, he doubles it, adds one. He's thinking, oh, yeah, how how many times? Seven times. He's thinking he's probably overestimating. But then in verse 22, Jesus responds, He says, not seven times, but 77 times. And in some of your Bibles, it says 70 times seven that's 490 times. In both cases, that's a, that means daily. 77 times daily, 490 times daily. That would be once every three minutes if you didn't sleep in a 24-hour period of time. For the same offense, you'd have to forgive. You say, really? And Peter, his mind would have been blown when he heard that. When I read that, and I understand that, my mind is blown. What it's explaining is that forgiveness should be inexhaustible. And then we get into the parable. We get into the story. Verse 23, we see a good king, a business-minded king. How many of you are in business, right? If you had a customer that owed you money or services and they didn't pay or they didn't get, uh, make their accounts right with you, you would go out of business. Am I right? And so this king, he's settling his accounts, he's dealing with the debt, and the first servant owed the king 10,000 bags of gold. Some of your Bibles say 10,000 talents. Now for me, I've never had a bag of gold. I don't know what that is. I don't know what a talent is. I had to go look. And so you look it up, and let me just kind of explain it, and you'll understand that uh, 10 bags of gold equals $2.5 billion. You say, how do you get that? Well, one denarii was a day's wage. One denarii. 6,000 denarii equals one talent. So 10,000 talents times 6,000 denarii, that is 60 million days of work. At minimum wage, that's $2.5 billion. You say, wow, that's a lot of money. Now remember, this is not a true story. It's a story to describe some spiritual things. And what's being described here is this idea of inexhaustible forgiveness. Nobody could pay a debt that big. And the king goes and he cancels the debt. Was that good business? No. You say, well, why would the king do that? The king paid the debt. He pays the price. He throws away the good bookkeeping. He dies to the system, so to speak. Why? So that a servant can have new life. Isn't that what the gospel story is? It's inexhaustible, and that's what's being modeled. The story goes on in verse 28 the second servant has a debt as well. 100 silver coins, that's 100 denarii. Now, that's 100 days of work, so we're talking three to four months worth of work, maybe 15 to $20,000. Is that payable? Everyone say yes. yes. Would you want to pay it back? Probably not, but it, it is what it is. And that, that it's at that point in this story that we see a change that not only is forgiveness personal, it's a process. It's inexhaustible, which has been modeled now for us through this story. But it's also a choice. Look at it. Verse 28. Verse 28 says this, but when the servant, that's servant number one, went out, he found one of his fellow servants, servant number two, who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and he chose and he choked him and he said, pay back what you owe me. He demanded it. Servant number one left the king and his heart was completely unchanged. And grace and pity did, never, did not affect him. By verse 32 through 34, the king finds out. He calls that servant number one back in and says, look, he's now going to be tortured from now till he pays the debt. And the idea is that it would be a lifetime of torture. And then the point comes in verse 35. Every parable has a point. 35 explains that says, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each one of you unless you forgive your brother or sister within your heart. That's the point. Wow. So the point is to remember what Jesus has done for you. And remember what you have done to Jesus. It's our sins. It's your sins that nailed him to the cross. And we know that God gives grace and mercy. He gives forgiveness. But if we hold on to unforgiveness of any kind, we will be tortured. There will be pain and isolation and fear and just overall unhealth in our lives. And according to verse thirty-five, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven ultimately in eternal life. So, what's the encouragement? Turn with me to Colossians three, verse twelve and thirteen. It says therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These are good things. And then verse thirteen says, bear with each other and forgive. One another, if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Our goal is to do just that. And again, it's a skill of discipleship. One pastor, actually Pastor James McDonald, he kind of describes forgiveness like this. He says, forgiveness is a decision to release a person from the obligation that resulted when they injured you. And so there's this idea, a choice, right? We talked about that. To release the person of the obligation. That's the indebtedness. That's the offense. That's the hurt. That's the pain, right? And you release that from the person that resulted that was injuring to you. And so you can run it through uh, either someone offending you or you being offended, uh, you offending someone else. And there's lots of different scenarios, lots of ways, but taking this definition and putting your circumstance into that situation or into that uh, definition is going to help you that there is an existing obligation, right? Either you owe something or someone owes you something, and that you are in debt to someone, or and you need to be forgiven, or you need to extend forgiveness. And in order to do that, there are three keys to forgiveness. The first is that it has to be total. Psalm 103, uh, verses 6 through 12, kind of talks about this. That it has to be complete. Uh, it says in verse 6 says the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the opposed, right? And by verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. Our transgressions are taken as far away. This idea that they are no longer being held against us. In church, we were not created to hold on to unforgiveness, to anger or bitterness or any of the other things that we listed earlier. It needs to be total. And that's our call, number one. The second key is that it needs to be immediate. Ephesians chapter four, verse 26 and 27 says this, in your anger, do not sin. And then it says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Does anyone ever have trouble with that? That's a tough verse, but it provides freedom. It's immediate before nightfall not days, not weeks, not months, not years, today. Forgiveness is total, it's immediate. And then the third thing, and what we see in this parable, it's unilateral. And we see that in Matthew 18. And you say, what is unilateral? That means it's one-sided. It's your choice to forgive. In the story, it was the king who forgave and chose to do so. In the story, it was servant number one who chose not to forgive. It was not dependent on the other person. Don't wait for someone else to forgive, to come and ask you for forgiveness. The responsibility is always yours. It's always mine. And when we say unilateral, we mean it's to everyone to everything, permanently, all the debt. The balance is zero. And it really describes what we read earlier in Matthew 11, this idea of living freely and lightly, to be free, to be light. And so what that means is that you would say things like this, that I will not bring it up to you, whatever the offense was. Or I will not bring it up to other people and share it. Or I will not bring it up even to myself. And if I fail, if I slip up and I I see somebody and those feelings are there and I want to run or I want to say something, I will ask for help again to forgive. That's exactly what that means. And the reason it's so important is because we cannot afford not to forgive. There's a lot of studies about the health risks. We don't take, won't take the time to look at those today that come when someone is living with unforgiveness. There's emotional torture, physical torture, spiritual torture. It affects you in every way. And what's great is that once you've heard a message like this and you can be liberated and you can say, all right, I'm going to choose to do this, you can live in freedom. John 13, 17 says, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And that's our our call, to live this way, to do these things. And I understand it's not man's thinking. In in the natural, uh, it's not a natural story. Look at what it says. It says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like, and then goes on with the parable. It's God's way. It's not man's way. And the important thing for us to know is that it's in, it's, there are no enduring relationships without forgiveness. We have the capacity to forgive. In fact, it's a great gift. We get and we give. And it's oft also the most self-loving thing to do is to forgive. It affects you. And that's the only side that you can be worried about. Now, as we close this morning... We want to address a couple things, two things in particular. The first is the reality that Jesus, He paid it all. He absorbs our debt. It's an incredible gift. Jesus forgives. He's the model, He's the example. And we, but He forgives, but we still must receive that. In fact, you could say it like this that Jesus decides to release us from the obligation that resulted when we sinned against Him, if you put it into that term. Or make it personal. Jesus decides to release you from the obligation that resulted when you sinned against Him. That's the gospel story. And today we're going to offer that type of forgiveness, that kind of freedom. We call it salvation. But then there's going to be a second part. A similar act that each of us that would call ourselves Christ followers are required to forgive those around us. And what that means is that you pay for whatever the problem was. That you absorb the offense, the debt, and you release it, and you hold the balance at zero. And that's not easy. That's why we call it a skill of discipleship. It's something we grow in, we learn. But I want you to know, for every single one that's here, it's your choice to do so. To put unforgiveness to rest, to nail it to the cross, and to walk in freedom. And so what I want us to do is to kind of create an inventory, saying, all right, I want to lighten my load, I want to walk out of here free. Well, let's just go back to that original list that we talked about. What does unforgiveness look like? Uh, what is, uh, w- where do we see it? Again, we see it in that negative, nasty response that flies off our tongue. And the root of it, many times, is unforgiveness. We see it in bitterness or anger or rage. We see it in when we gossip or when we slander somebody when we reject somebody, or revenge, or we withhold good, that's all, all those things have the potential of unforgiveness being right at the root. Or if we avoid someone to punish them, or we're sarcastic in a negative way, or uh, that we have some kind, some sort of verbal hostility. Or we label a person, or we're, we're racist, or we, we're prejudiced in some way. Or, God forbid, we pray against somebody and say, God, you know, judge them, or, or take care of them, right? Listen, these things and many others have a root many times in unforgiveness. And God, He wants to help us in that. He wants to bring freedom. In each of those circumstances. So let's go back to that first idea of salvation. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, there's no reason you should walk out of these doors without your sins being forgiven. Talk about lightening lightening a, a load. He will take your sin and He will bear it all. That's what He does. And if you're here today and, and you don't know Jesus or you're away from the Lord and you feel like you've got some things stacked up against you that you would like a clean slate and you're ready to receive that salvation, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Just uh, raise it up. I'm not going to uh, embarrass you. Um, who else? Got a couple here. Yep. Who else? Who else is saying, man, I, I need that kind of forgiveness. I need that kind of freedom got a couple young people. Yep. A couple more. Yes. Thank you. Who else is for? Is there anyone else? Just take a second. Say, man, I want to be free. I want my sins to be erased. That's the forgiveness that comes from Jesus. Anyone at all? For the sake of the four, let's pray this magical prayer. It's not the words of the prayer that are magic. It's in the uh, it's, it's really meaning the prayer. It's, it's uh, believing what we're about to say. But would you repeat this after me? And would, would we encourage the four and uh, say this together? Say, Dear Lord, please forgive me for all my sins, for all of the things I've done wrong. I'm sorry. Don't count it against me. Take my sin away, and I'll do the best I can to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God for the sake of the one, amen, that God is working. He's helping us. He's helping us to grow. And again, back in Psalm, it says he takes it as far as the east is from the west. I don't think he forgets, but I'll tell you this. He doesn't hold it against you any longer. You are free. You are free. You're free. You're free. free. That's good news. That's good news. Now the second part is that we are required to forgive as well. And I'm just curious. I'm going to ask that you would just bow your heads, close your eyes at this point. This is really between you and the Lord, and it's no one else's business. If you're here this morning, you're struggling, you're saying, man, I'm holding on to things that I need to let go. And you're seeing that this parable is just encouraging you to have inexhaustible forgiveness. Now that's hard, but if you're saying, man, I've got some things to let go, would you just raise your hand, some unforgiveness in your life? Yeah, boy, lots of hands all over. And see, the thing is, when you raise your hand, you can put your hands down. Who else? You say, man, I, I need to just, I need to give that to the Lord. Lord, help us. Who else? Say, man, that's where I am today. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all stand together. If I could get your eyes on me for a moment before Pastor Bobby leads us in the song that's going to help us close out our time. I want you to know that if you raised your hand, you are not alone. There were dozens of people that raised their hands this morning. And whether you raise your hand and you're saying, boy, today I've got something or in the future, you're going to have be faced with this idea again. You have to know what the Lord offers. He offers us the ability to forgive someone else's sin, the, the, the debt that they owed us, the injustice, the, the problem, all the pain. And you can free that person even if they don't know. That's a big deal. And the way you do that is by leaving it at the foot of Jesus. And today, if you leave it at the foot of Jesus, you can walk out of these doors free. Or if you, next week, someone offends you or there's an issue that comes and you need some forgiveness you can bring it back to the altar. And even if you've dealt with it and it kind of comes back, which that's happened to me many times, where you thought you've dealt with something, then you see someone and then you get all these feelings inside, what do you do? You bring it back to the Lord and you just ask Him to take it and He'll do it. So I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. And after I pray, Pastor Bobby's going to close us with this song that talks about forgiveness and bringing it to the altar. But would you pray this with me? Say, Dear Lord, help me today to forgive, not only myself, but to forgive others. Help me to live freely and lightly. With your help, Lord, I'm doing it. I'm letting it go. I'm walking away. And I'm not going to hold it against them for one moment longer. And Lord, now, I get—I bring it to you and I lay it at your altar. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you just to lift your hands all across this place as Pastor Bobby leads us. Oh God, we bless you, Lord. Come on, let's sing it together. The beautiful thing is that if you did what the song just said to bring it to the altar, you can leave it and walk away free. And that's what God wants. In fact, that's what He not only desires, but He really demands that, for you to be forgiven. And we need to live that way each and every day, no matter what. Every time something comes up, you forgive. And God's going to help you. Father, I pray that as we go now, that this parable in particular will just be etched on our hearts. And this is not a once and done. This is something that we need to readdress every time feelings of unforgiveness emerge. And so, Lord, I pray now that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Are you free? Are you feeling light? I sure hope so, amen. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Turn and greet someone as you go. And if you need prayer for anything, come forward. We'll pray with you before you leave.